Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dr. Louise, and I'm the founder and CEO of Empowerment Through Thought. I help the survivors of narcissistic abuse be confident, reclaim their identities, and move forward from the past. Now, in today's episode, I want to talk to you guys about something that has been brewing in my mind. I have just I've been I've been mulling it over and I think I think I'm ready to share with y'all. And uh it's going to be it might feel a little bit weird. It might feel a little weird depending on how you found uh this podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Um one of the things that um like the main way I get people to come over here to the podcast is actually through my Instagram. And if you don't know my Instagram, um, it's a, it's a, not a huge account, but we, we got some followers over there. I'm pretty active on Instagram and, um, you know, I, I really do my best to, um, create content that's going to be helpful for the survivors of narcissistic abuse. That's really important to me. I really enjoy doing that. And of course I also, you know, offer coaching and philosophical counseling services, Um, and Instagram is a place where I connect with people who I might be able to serve in those capacities. Now I love it. (laughs) I love Instagram. I have loved Instagram for a very long time, long before I had a business. Um, I had a personal account and I've made real authentic connections with people. And I have just always been a fan of social media in general. Now that does not mean that social media is not problematic. I'm going to say Mark Zuckerberg is not the best human being there ever was. And social media in general um, can be a very harmful space. It can have a lot of bullying. It can be really harmful to our mental health and these other things. But, you know, there's there's a way, like so many things in life, right? There's good here and there is bad here. And one of the reasons I like Instagram as a platform is it actually gives you a lot of tools to, to help filter out this stuff that's going to be harmful to you, right? You can report ads, which will make them leave your, your, uh, feed completely. You can, um, follow people, unfollow people. Like you have more control, I'd say of your feed on Instagram and also on Facebook than you do on other platforms like TikTok. So I personally like that. Um, especially as somebody with toxic parents, you know, when it comes to Mother's Day or Father's Day or those various things that make me want to throw up, uh, you know, I can kind of get the ads out of my face. Um, I'm also a fat activist, so I do not want to see any ads that are, you know, making false claims about um, weight loss and diets masquerading as lifestyles and all this nonsense. So the fact that I can get that stuff out of my space is helpful to me. Now, when I started here on um, working more in kind of the, you might call it the mental health side of Instagram, um, really working on uh, helping people deal with big, heavy things that are going on in their lives. You know, um, if you've if you've ever dealt with a narcissist in your life or with a toxic person of any variety, you probably um, you probably know what I'm talking about, right? There's, it's big, heavy stuff. It's dark. It's hard to work through. Um, I thought, I thought there was so much great stuff on Instagram. So much great stuff. There's, there's little bits of information that can really help you advance your journey. There's like, there were so many opportunities there and there's lots of creators out there, um, you know, well beyond my account that, 
these are real people showing up just to help other people. And there are many of them that it's not a business thing or anything, right? It's not how they make a living. They just, they just are so passionate about helping other survivors. And I love that. Love that passion. I love all of that. But here's the but. <laughs> and here's what I really want to talk about today. I really, deep in my bones, I worry. I worry about the kind of help we're getting in the social media space. Now, if you've been following me on Instagram recently, um, I've been I've been having some resistance to creating reels and creating content on Instagram. And I'm gonna say that's pretty uncharacteristic of me. I have been a very consistent creator on Instagram for um, over two years. Um, it might, you might count a little bit more if you consider my personal stuff before my business account. And you know, I'm the kind of person that shows up every day. And I, because I enjoy it, right? I'm not doing it. I mean, it, the algorithm cares or something. I don't know. I try not to think about that stuff, right? I try to think about how can I show up and, and help people today? Um, because that's, at the end of the day, that's what I care about. But I have had so much resistance lately. And I think the reason this resistance is coming up for me is because, um, uh, the 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 structure the structure of social media as a way to to heal to deal with these deep things is rubbing me the wrong way right now. So I want to talk. I want to I want to open this conversation up with y'all um, to really like take a moment and think about what is happening when we're using social media on our healing journey. Now I know for many of us. Uh, Social media is probably the main tool we use on a day-to-day -day basis to advance our healing journey. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Social media is, is free. So no matter where you are um, in terms of your budget, you, it's approachable, which is a wonderful thing about it. Um, it's also, um, you're probably already like on your phone on a daily basis. So it's, it's really easy to enter that space. Right, we know that once you're in the space, the algorithm is trying to keep you in the space, right? So there's a there's a lot of reasons that Instagram probably, or if it for if for you it's not Instagram, this applies to TikTok or to Facebook or whatever other social media platform you're you're on, right? There's real substantive reason that this tool is is a big part of um, probably what what you're doing on a daily basis for healing. And in some ways, I love that. And in some ways, I'm starting to feel kind of nervous. I'm feeling kind of nervous about it. Now, I don't think anybody gets confused, or at least not in my audience. Maybe there are people in the world, but I think we all know that Instagram is not our therapist. Instagram is not our coach, right? <laughs> like, there's a different thing when you build a relationship with an actual human being rather than just consuming short little posts about various topics on the healing journey. Um, so I don't, I don't really think people are getting confused or something. What I'm feeling really nervous about is how much power we are giving to the robot that is the algorithm, right? So if you don't know, the algorithm is like the mathy thing that social media websites use in order to try to feed you information that will keep you interested in staying on the platform, right? So it's, it's like a, a formula. <laughs> I'm not 
you you might be able to tell I'm not an expert in this thing, but basically it's it's a mathy thing um, that uh, the very you know big powerful companies like Instagram, Facebook, um, all these guys are invested in because it keeps you in their product longer, right? So they're making more money. Now, I don't think that the algorithm is is a horrible beast, right? Like this is just a part of modern life. Like we're going to have it. But when I think about it specifically in the healing space, I get, I get a little bit of the heebie-jeebies. Now, from a, from a creator perspective, you might not know this if you just consume, uh, you know, like narcissistic abuse, uh, healing social media content. But if you, if you create what, what will happen is you'll start to notice there are certain ideas, certain topics that play really nicely with the algorithm, right? So there's certain topics I can like make a reel on that I know is going to perform, uh, pretty good, right? For me, it's usually content where I am reflecting on the injustice of having a toxic mother. That content does generally well. If it's anything about like seeing and holding and making space for people who who have that lived experience, generally Instagram thinks that's the best and puts it out to tons of people. Um, or, you know, for my account size, a lot of people, right? Um, alternatively, when I make content about having a toxic father, right? Both of my parents were toxic. Um, the toxic father stuff does not perform nearly as well, right? I, I cannot get the same number of eyeballs on the toxic father stuff. I don't know exactly why that's the case. I know that we are talking about a robot here. The algorithm is not a human being. The robot has figured out that more people interact with the mom, toxic mom stuff than toxic father stuff. And like, maybe, maybe the people on Instagram just have more toxic mothers. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but that's the thing I know as a creator. And, you know, when I look around at other creators in my space, um, some, some of the content that performs the best in the narcissistic abuse recovery space is really content focused on understanding who and what the toxic person is. Right. So these are the, like, you can think of posts like what is gaslighting? Um, you know, you might be dealing with a toxic person if, and then it's like a list of different things, right? It's this kind of stuff where we're really, we're really focused on, um, pointing out the problematic nature of toxic people. Now, if you've listened to my podcast, um, you know, over time, you, you probably know I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, I personally think it can be a bit of a distraction on our healing journey to overly focus our learning on um, understanding the nature of toxic people. I think it's more important that we understand the nature of our healing as survivors than for us to put all of our focus on understanding toxic people. Now, you've heard it from me before. Of course, there is space and it is important to learn about toxic people so that you understand that a lot of the terrible things you experienced were not directly your fault, right? They were they were a product of this other person's, you know, terrible, terrible mental health, right? So that's important, but I'm going to say it's not it's disproportionately favored 
by the Instagram algorithm, right? So what that means is if you are a consumer of this kind of narcissistic abuse recovery content, you're going to see much more often posts that are educating you about the nature of toxic people, then you're going to see posts about other topics on the healing journey, right? And in some ways that makes a lot of sense to me just because it's, it's simpler. It's easier to basically teach people the DSM, that's the big book psychologists use. It's easier to teach on the characteristics listed in that book of toxic people than it is to get into the intimate details of what it means to heal on any survivor's specific journey, right? It's simpler, it's more digestible. And when you think about what is the message you get from that kind of content, you get this kind of reassuring thing that's like, oh, that's right, it wasn't my fault. Oh, that's right. It's because that person has all these problems. And I think for a lot of us, that brings us comfort. I know it's brought me comfort. When I figured out my dad was a narcissist, which was not that long ago, <laughs> I figured out my mom was toxic. Um, I figured out probably by the time I was 18 that she had borderline personality disorder. But I, th that was a long time ago, right? Like that one's been settled. When I quite recently figured out um, within the past five years, five years, something like that, that my father was a narcissist. I, I got a lot of comfort. I got a lot of comfort from, from these posts that were like, here's what a narcissist is. And it just like, it just validated all the stuff that I was frustrated with and dealing with my father. And I, so I get it. I get it. I really do. But I think that there's a problem for us when we're thinking about our reliance on social media as, um, you know, a part of kind of our daily healing journey. Because what can happen, I think, is we can get, we can get a little stuck in uh, that comfortable part, that part that reassures us that we weren't the problem. We need that message at times. But I think the robot, the algorithm wants to feed us that message all the time because we like it because we hit those likes because you know we we read it longer we we keep our screen on that post longer and the robot is paying attention to all of this stuff and i think that poses actually a pretty serious challenge for those of us who actually want to do the deep healing work and are interested in using social media as um a starting point for that journey so we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor when I come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about what I think maybe we should do or how we should relate to social media, given all of the challenges we just talked about. Okay, so here, here's the issue that I'm seeing. Healing work, as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, if you've just been a survivor of narcissistic abuse, who's tried, tried to improve yourself, tried to work on repairing the damage, it is freaking messy. It is messy. There is a lot of complexity. There's a lot of hardship that goes into trying to deal with this stuff with actually like facing it and coming to terms with what happened to you and making conscious decisions not to repeat problems and patterns that, you know, didn't serve you in the past. It's messy. 
And you know what the algorithm doesn't like? Messy stuff. <laughs> right? The algorithm likes simple. It likes stuff that you can immediately see, understand, and feel good about. Right? So ooh, when you're trying to use Instagram as a healing tool, you know, I, I really feel this from the creator side. Um, I think I'm moving into a, a part of my my coaching life, my um, my counseling work, the kind of stuff I'm doing. Um, with my clients and, uh, you know, with, with my long-term followers on, on Instagram, the people who are always interacting with me, that sort of stuff, I'm really craving depth. I'm craving it. I've, I've got it bad. I want deep. I want messy. I want real, right? I, I really want... I want to show you guys how messed up my own healing journey is. I want to I want to help you see that no matter how messy your journey is, you're still on the right path, that you're exactly where you need to be. And it's okay that this stuff doesn't look like a single Instagram post. Right? I I want to bring that energy um and really expose the chaos of healing. Cause it is, it's, it's freaking chaotic. Some days you're laughing and you're thinking it's all great. And like, not even the next day, 10 minutes later, you're crying and devastated about something that happened to you back in the day, right? Like it's chaos. We're, we're all over the place because we're human. And I worry that the algorithm, right? Which I try, I try really hard in my content, not to prioritize what the algorithm wants. Um, what the algorithm needs, right? Because I don't think it makes better content, right? If I try to please the robot, we're just going to get really simple, a really simplistic view of a very complicated situation. So what I try to do as a creator is I will make some content that I know will please the robot. And then I will make some content that brings more depth that does the kinds of things that I really think my audience needs and deserves, right? I try to balance it. I try, I just, I know some of the posts I do are not going to perform so well. Um, I, I mean, Instagram's going through a lot right now. So I'm going to say like few, very few of my posts compared to where I've been historically are performing super good, which in some ways is nice as a creator. Cause you're like, okay, the robot like just doesn't like me right now. So we don't even need to think about it, right? We can, we can just push it aside. But I know if I'm struggling with this as a creator, I'm, I'm probably not alone, right? There are probably other creators that you follow on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook. Or, those are the only three social media sites I can think of. Pinterest? I don't know. Does anyone go to Pinterest for nar navigating narcissistic abuse? I don't know. Twitter, maybe. Um, although Twitter, Twitter's having some moments right now, isn't it? Um, but in any event, wherever you're going for this kind of stuff, the creators that you're watching are probably struggling with similar things, right? And I worry, I worry how strong as a group us creators in this space are at making sure that we prioritize bringing what what people really would deeply benefit from versus doing just what the robot says people want. Right. Cause I do think that those things come apart. Some of the things I post about on my social media will not make you feel warm and fuzzy as a survivor. I post challenging things, 
right? And I, you guys are the best. Like as an audience, you guys are the freaking best because like you are usually quite open to being challenged or at least the people who, who interact with me, right? Maybe it's the people I attract in particular with my content. Um, but it's also the case that the robot doesn't push those things out as much, right? It's, it's the feel good, warm fuzzies. And I just, mm, I don't think feeling good all the time. Like, I think if your journey is looking like you're feeling good all the time, if you're doing exactly what the robot thinks you want to do, um, you're probably doing a little bit of a bypass, right? Sometimes people talk about like a spiritual bypass, like instead of doing the work, you make it look like you're doing the work, but you're not actually doing it, right? You bypass the actual thing, the actual task at hand. I worry, I worry that the robot encourages that for all of us, for all of us, for ours, me too, right? Like I'm on Instagram, I'm looking around, seeing like, you know, looking for interesting ideas, seeing how other people are approaching different parts of the healing journey. And I just, I don't know if the, the shape, depth and breadth of my healing journey should be in the hands of a robot. Right. The more we lean on Instagram, the more we lean on social media as our tool, our everyday tool to think about our healing, to work on the issues that are important to us, the more we rely on it, the more power that algorithm has, the more that robot gets to decide, do we get to feel warm and fuzzy today? Or are we going to have to be challenged a little bit? Right. And something that worries me is I don't think we're noticing. I think as a group here in the, the abuse recovery space, uh, we're not super aware of how much power that that robot is. It like has over our day to day thinking about our own healing. So what do we do about it? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to like, I, I don't think the answer is to stop using social media. I really don't. Um, I think that social media is good and it is useful. I think the first thing we have to do is to recognize what we are getting ourselves into when we turn to social media, right? We need to, we need to understand that the robot has a lot of power over what we see. The algorithm really does. Um, it impacts what kind of things are happening. Now, there are some tools to, to resist this on Instagram. There is a list called, um, I, I can't remember if it's like close friends. There's a, there's a way you can reorganize your feed where you can see, I think like up to 15 or 20, um, people that, that you put on this list, you'll see their content in, um, I think it's like by time, like when they posted it, chronological order. Um, so that that is one way you can try to curate it so that the robot doesn't dictate everything about what you're seeing. I think most of us are probably not going to do that. I'd encourage you to if you want to. Um, but that's a lot of work. <laughs> so I think what we really need to do as survivors is um, we need to, we need to recognize the shortcomings of using social media as our main tool. Uh, it's, it's not, there's lots of good content on there. Okay. There are lots of people out there making great stuff. That's not my problem. My problem is the algorithm doesn't favor a lot of the best stuff. 
right? Because it's complicated, it's nuanced, it's complex, it's challenging. And we need that on our healing journey. But the algorithm would rather feed you a list of what makes a narcissist bad than feed you something that might make you think a little bit harder, right? So that is something we don't have control over. As creators, we don't have control over it. As a consumer, you don't really have control over it either. So what do we do? Well, I think if you're really committed to your healing journey, um, you need to make sure that your social media consumption is not replacing difficult work that you would be doing otherwise. Okay, so I think what can happen is we get really comfortable using Instagram. It feeds us stuff that we like, or we get comfortable with TikTok. We like what we see. We stay there and we think, wow, I am really developing myself. Wow, I'm doing such a good job, like really doing the hard stuff. And that might be happening for you, but it probably will not happen for you um, for, for a long time on social media, right? Because there's only one kind of stuff that really gets pushed out to a lot of people. And you might be in that spot where that's like great for you and your journey. And like, I'm here for that. I'm happy that you're going to get that support, but you're probably going to change at some point if you haven't already. And I don't think that means delete social media, right? But I think it means you might need to diversify your toolkit. There is, it's hard to get the depth that I think we all deserve on social media. It's hard. Even if like the algorithm would push the stuff out, what at most on Instagram, I can do a 90 second reel, right? Maybe I can do a carousel post with like 10 slides. You know, like it's not that much space. It's not that much time that I can connect and really bring out some of the deeper things, even in the best case scenario, because it's not designed for depth. <laughs> Social media is not designed for depth. It's designed for connection and to feel good. And those things are valuable too. Um, but I think we need to not get confused and recognize that we probably need something deeper given, given the severity, like if, if you're using this as part of your healing work, right. If, if you're using this to connect with your friends about, um, you know, your, your favorite sports team. Okay. Like I don't see any problem there. You don't need a lot of depth for that, but healing work is hard and deep and personal. And I think if you are really committed, if, if you really want to make sure that you are doing the work, you need to supplement your social media consumption with other things. Now, obviously, one other thing you can do is maybe have a therapist if that's where you are on your journey. If therapy is not serving you right now, that's not your mental health is pretty stable otherwise, and you're just interested in getting to flourishing, right? You really want to have a good life, not just a stable, okay life. Um, you know, it might be time to bring in a coach. I'm I'm one coach out there on in this space. There are others, right? Um and we, we all have different, different price points, different, like no matter where you are, you can probably find some kind of, of, of help, of support. So that's obviously one way to do it. If you are not open to working with a person um, more on a one-on-one -on -one basis, I understand that is not appropriate for everyone at every stage of their journey. That, mean, that might mean it's time to read a book right? There's a lot of literature on recovering from narcissistic abuse. 
Um, that would be another way to get depth. Maybe there's, you know, you're already listening to this podcast. Maybe there are other podcasts that also give you that depth. I think one reason um, I actually have been a bit more consistent about my podcast episodes lately is because the longer format, I think, allows for more depth. I can play with an idea. I can explore an idea with you guys in a really different way on a podcast episode that's like a half hour long than I can in a 30 second reel, right? So these these are things you, you can expand. You can expand your toolkit. What I think the worst case scenario for us survivors with social media is like, is it's that we get complacent. We get a little bit too comfortable with the easy answers that the algorithm wants to hand us, right? We just, we end up, we keep liking the same kind of posts. It doesn't challenge us. It doesn't make us grow. We just like check the box and be like, that's right. Narcissists suck, <laughs> which I mean, I'm guilty of too. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm calling myself out here, right? Like I, I get it. I really do. But I think there's danger in it because for a lot of us, what I don't want us to do, right, is to get complacent be consuming the easy answers and then feel like, oh, it's not doing anything and just setting aside all of our healing work and just saying, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm just done healing. Maybe I'm just over it, right? Like danger, danger. <laughs> healing is a lifelong journey and learning about what a narcissist is, is not, I mean, you're going to figure that out long before your lifetime is over, right? If, if you start looking at it, if you start working on it. So we need to we need to find ways we need to find things that nourish us and help us in this more enriching deeper kind of way in ways that actually challenge us if you are showing up and doing good healing work you are challenging yourself there are challenges you are trying to push yourself to break old habits you are trying to push yourself to think better of yourself you're trying to, to challenge your, your old way of assuming things about people or about approaching new situations. It is deeply personal and deeply challenging. And if you have noticed that you aren't really doing any of that kind of challenge work lately, um, I, would, I would hazard to guess you might be getting a little bit complacent. Now you don't, you shouldn't be challenging yourself all the time. Don't, don't misunderstand me. It's not like, like we all need periods of rest. Right? We all need times where we're not being challenged. So I'm not saying, you know, you're, you're not doing a good job unless you're always challenging yourself. I'm not saying that. Right. But if you are, if you are actively engaged in your healing work and you've noticed that you probably are capable, it would actually feel good to to do some of that more challenging part of the work and you really just aren't, you aren't getting there, right? It's not, it's not really, you're not feeling motivated or you're not really sure what to do. Part of the reason that might be happening for you is because the algorithm is feeding you really easy things or, you know, maybe you aren't consuming enough content, enough kinds of things that are actually at the level that you're at on your specific healing journey. So I think, honestly, if you have the funds, I think the best solution to this is to work with someone one-on-one. -on -one. I know it's, it's, 
it can be scary because there's vulnerability there. But I honestly think working with an expert who can help you figure out, like, is it a time to rest? Is it a time to challenge yourself? Is it a time, you know, are you ready for some big growth? Are you maybe still in a, in a processing phase and we're just, we're just kind of quietly connecting the dots, that sort of work. It is really hard to figure that out on your own because you're so close to it right? You're so close to yourself. Getting somebody in there who can who can make space for you and handle your complexity as a human being, right? They're going to be able to really hold, hold you and hold you accountable for doing the things that are really going to make that big difference on your journey to living the life that you deserve, right? Not just an okay life, but the, the beautiful life that you've been fighting for this whole journey. It's there for you, but we have to be mindful of the things that make us feel complacent. So if you're interested in getting some one-on-one -on -one support and you think a coach might be a good level for you, I, I am here for you. Um, I'm still accepting uh, coaching clients right now. So you can reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram at Empowerment Through Thought. You can send me an email. It's drlouise at empowermentthroughthought.com. You know, I'm happy to work with you, but even if that is not your journey, right? You're not ready for that right now. I totally can understand that. I want you to at very least start paying attention to what is happening on your social media. Pay attention to the kinds of things that you're consuming and maybe get curious about what role the algorithm, what role the robot is playing in your healing work. Thanks so much for listening today and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.